talkradio.nyc. Welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, professional interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors right here in Manhattan. On tonight's show, we are going to discuss client relationships with interior designer Kate Cummings from Freestyle Restyle. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. You could drive a person crazy. You could drive a person mad. First you make a person hazy. Sell a person dirty. Then you leave a person dirty. I say, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach, too? Yes. And you know the fellow's no, name? I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who? The guy playing who first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yes. <laughs> Oh, boy. Abbott and Costello. So classic. Well, you know, I've been an interior designer for almost 26 years, and yes, I have seen it all. But I've also been extremely fortunate to have multi-decade relationships with so many of my clients. Managing the inner personal dynamics of a client-designer relationship is a multifaceted skill set that includes things like clear and concise communication, honesty and trust, and an unyielding, unyielding management of expectation. You know, there's other types of businesses who have quick one-time transactions or perhaps even a short-term relationship of three to four days or maybe even three to four months. Interior design projects take one or two or three years. And we talk about really personal things like, you know, lingerie drawers and toilet paper holders and who sleeps on what side of the bed and all of that kind of a thing. The whole idea of managing expectations through the long haul of a construction project or the thousands and thousands of design decisions that have to be made throughout the project. So relationships matter and interior design is no exception. Of course, like any other relationship, I've seen both sides of the coin, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I remember a really ugly scene once. I witnessed it a few years ago. A client was berating and humiliating his interior designer right there on a trade showroom floor in full sight of the sales reps and me, of course, and other designers. It was a really unfortunate circumstance. And on the other side of that coin, I've seen interior designers with three phones in their hands and all the while ignoring their clients, almost as if they were not needed or, to say the least, an unnecessary accessory. Good relationships are crucial. And time after time, exciting and meaningful design happens in solid, well-communicated conversations between an honest client and a trusted interior designer. I remember just recently a wonderful interaction that I had with a client's daughter. I was working with a brand new client looking for possible new apartments for her to purchase. And as we waited in the building lobby for the real estate broker, a beautiful young girl walked past me in the lobby. I paused for just a second as, you know, I thought I recognized her. I called out her name and sure enough, I was right. She was a bit confused at first, but I said hello and reminded her who I was. She bursted with happiness as she remembered her childhood bedroom full of multicolored ribbons. That's all she wanted when she was a kid, a bedroom full of ribbons. And boy, did she get it from the headboard to the bed skirt, to the bedding, to the decorative pillows, to her window treatments and her comfy chair. Oh, and there was this huge bulletin board covered in a basket weave of multicolored ribbons. She was thrilled to remember her favorite bedroom and gave me a big hug and a kiss. 
And boy, that's one of the great joys of being an interior designer. I have hundreds of stories just like that one, and I will tell you a very special story of a teeny tile fragment later in this hour. But with all that joy and happiness, difficult things happen too. I remember another story, a meeting with a very angry client at his corporate office. And as he took me and the general contractor at the time down to the conference meeting room deep deep, deep in the caverns of the basement, he told me that I was an idiot and that I didn't understand his priorities or his schedule. Well, I'm almost sure he was right, as I've never really responded well to bullying. And as he pounded on his desk and he demanded action, I stood up and walked out of the conference room quite happy not to have to see him ever again. I think that was quite a K-sarah-sarah moment. The skill to inspire, the skills to teach, the skill to lay out a grand vision, to communicate well, to assess priorities, to understand and react, to change and adapt, to meet deadlines and time schedules, all the while making the project better than your client could ever possibly dream of is a lifelong mission of self-learning, critical thinking, and better relationships. When we come back, we're going to talk to interior designer Kate Cummings. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! <laughs> <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. with me tonight, Kate Cummings from Freestyle Restyle. Kate, I am so happy that you're here with us. Um, before we get started with all the questions that I have prepared for us, I'm asking everybody um, what you think of beauty is, what, what beauty means to you, and in particular, uh, what is something beautiful inside your home. So welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. Uh, starting with the easy questions, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Starting right. easy question. <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm a sentimentalist, so to be truthful, really, anything that touches my heart is something that's beautiful to me. So it's kind of broad, of course, but you know, that's the truth. And I, you know, I love hearing client stories about family heirlooms and hand-me-downs and sort of, you know, things that are important to them that they've kept in their homes through generations and. So to me, that's sort of the beginning of a lot of where I start with clients and, and you know, the, the crux of the, the beauty moment a lot of the times. And specifically, can you tell us a little bit of what's beautiful in your home? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, 
I mean, the thing that I'm kind of in love with at the moment is uh, we have a country house upstate and we have these 12 inch wide plank floors that are maple. They're pr- it's a soft wood, so they're you know pretty rustic and beaten up, and I love the life that's in them. And I'm not a perfectionist, so I like kind of having that sort of gritty, lived-in kind of feel. And they make me really happy. It's wonderful to have something like that underfoot. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So listen, let's get into the to the whole basis of our conversation tonight. I thought it would be fun if we turn the tables a little bit. Sure. And so my first question to you is, how do you choose your clients? Mm. You know, I think everybody thinks that we're selected from, you know, a group of interior designers on interviews, but um, I want to know how you select your clients and do you have a criteria or do you have like some sort of methodology to that process? Right. Well, you know, usually you get the email first and I always like to set up a phone call. So there's usually a chat first and, you know, some people are good on the phone. Some people aren't. So I do usually try to set up a meeting in person to see if there's chemistry and also talk to them about their space in particular and what they want to do. Um, And I think that there's really a lot that happens in that one on one meeting. And that is really telling for me uh, going going there and seeing if if you know, we're able to communicate easily, if there are things that I pick up on and the things that they already own that can sort of broaden the conversation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's usually about chemistry, honestly. I think that's the best, you know, for me personally as a designer, it, usually those are the best projects where you click. Do you meet with all the parties involved? In other words, if it's an, a married couple or a family, do you do you meet with the wife or the husband? I've been uh, doing a lot of projects lately where the husband's the lead, mm-hmm. um, which is unusual mm-hmm. uh, from the time. But also, you know, I always laugh because um, there always seems to be lurking in the corner somewhere, you know, the mother-in-law who was a decorator <laughs> at some point. But do you bring them into the process right away? I mean, I prefer that everybody who lives in the home, you know, who's making the decisions is there at the first meeting if I can make it happen. So I do make myself available after work hours and on weekends if, you know, one party is working just because I think, you know, everybody has their own opinion. And I actually even like to hear when they differ in that first, you know, setup. Um, and, and that can be part of the conversation too, is figuring out what works for the two of them. If there is a difference in, in aesthetic or approach or, you know, the function of a room and that kind of thing. And that can really bode well too when, and, but I think it's most productive when everybody's there. Yeah. I would think that, um, I absolutely have to meet the other party. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in, I think, especially in my early days, my, my younger days that uh, I think actually my very first job, um, but uh, that, you know, you would go through all this work Mm -hmm. and design the house and set all the plans in motion, do all the construction. um, And then somebody would come in and not like it. And, you know, that those days don't happen anymore. I I, hate blue. The whole house is blue. Exactly. So, um, we're, we, we don't play around with that anymore. We meet everybody who's involved, including the mother-in-law decorator. (laughs) She needs to be on your side. You need to bring her right into the fold. Very, 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 very quickly. Allies are important. Allies are important. That's right. So, you know, besides you, of course, being a professional and having all those wonderful courtesies and stuff, how, like, I want to talk about what our relationships with our clients are. Mm -hmm. You know, could you describe to me how you balance out your professional work and then we have this intimate relationship with them where, you know, I know where the ax in the bed is, you know, where it is, you know, so how do you balance out those types of things successfully and professionally? Right. Well, I mean, first of all, I tend to use a lot of humor. (laughs) I think that that helps to sort of, you know, get people a little bit more comfortable. I'm on more on the casual side 
it, you know, for the most part, that works. There are a few people where they're a little stiffer and that kind of thing. But, you know, generally, when, you, when you're asking these deep questions about how people live and the things that they do and their preferences, it's almost inevitable that you're going to get personal. So, you know, I really try to embrace that and respect their, the way that they live. Um, no judgment really ever. And it's like, that's like a no, no all across the board. Um, and I, I, you know, I do want to be friends, obviously some relationships, I, I am friends with my clients after the project is over and some, you know, your friends while the project's going and that's fine too. Um, but I really, I, I am on their side as, as their designer. Um, I, I'm working for them. I'm providing a service, but I'm also like, I'm really listening to them and that's the most important part. And, you know, I've, yeah, it's casual and friendly. Listening is always, uh, a good thing to do. Um, it is an interesting business and that's why I wanted to talk about it tonight because we, we do have intimate relationships with them. We know a lot Mm -hmm. about a little bit of everything, how their children are doing Mm -hmm. or, you know, if there's a challenge in the family or, or perhaps somebody's, you know, ill and not doing well. Um, and, and all of that comes into play, you know, and I've been to bar mitzvahs and I've been to funerals and I've been to charity events. So you layer that on top of everything else and you do have, I think, a different kind of relationship than most professional service industry relationships tend to be. I agree. And balancing that out um, is can be tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think hairdressers and interior designers yeah. know everything. <laughs> but the thing with... but Yes, exactly. And it's not even so much that because a hairdresser is a, an hour. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know... Yeah, I we're leave, getting way deep. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting mm-hmm. way deep. But, I, you know, I... I leave for San Francisco tomorrow and I'm on my third year with that project, Amazing. you know? And that's a client of mine, you know, that I've known for multi-decades, mm-hmm. you know? So... Um, and it's about trust and yeah. that, and you've created that. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so great. I think client relationships are just incredibly interesting and fascinating. And I think that we all handle it differently. Are there clues that you look for when you're starting? Um, you know, I always like to talk about the shoe test. Now there's, there's a couple shoe tests, you know, what shoes you wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody looks at my shoes. I think there's a good indication of, you know, uh, what kind of style you have and, and what kind of trends you're setting and all of that. I look at their shoes differently. I don't look at her shoes particularly. I look to see if there are piles of shoes at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> and you laughed at me about that a while back ago. But how you walk into someone's home mm-hmm. and what sort of character that you're creating, I think is so important. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if there's a pile of shoes randomly thrown over the foyer or in the hallway, that's a red I'm, light. <laughs> that's a red light. Well, or that I want to address that pretty, pretty quickly. Um, so I use that. That's my shoe test. Do you have, I have others, but do you have, do you have other, do you have any kind of uh, clues that you look for or signs that you're trying to understand your client better? Well, usually when I go into a home, I'm assuming that there's some sort of disarray. So I'm not so much the shoe test person, You're not, but yeah, but I am more the, um, like, you know, do they offer you a glass of water or a coffee Absolutely. or a tea yeah. type of person? You know, like, are they really seeing me, hearing me, or am I just some person that's like in and out the door and they don't care? And you know, that kind of thing. Cause I think that that really indicates what kind of project it's going to be too. You know, if they're going to be, uh, interactive with you or, or not. And for me, the better projects are, and the more successful projects are the ones where they're engaged and they're sort of, you know, you're human to human kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's more about like social graces kind of without being too fuddy duddy about it. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, they do seem like those are old standards or old mores, but I think they're still applicable today. Mm -hmm. And certainly as we become more and more distracted by our devices and, and, general American life anyway, that's something I'm really looking for because if they're not looking at me or talking to me or listening to me in person in their home, we're going to have challenges with emails and communications all the way down, all the, way down. the line. And also I think it, 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 um, it indicates how serious they are about the project. That's true too. So I think that's, 
I think that's a really good, yeah. important sign. Yeah. So that balance, that balance of business and personal and walking that tightrope, that's, it can be tricky, can it? Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously there's a fine line for certain things and, you know, it can get awkward at times, but generally I haven't had that problem. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think some of the pitfalls are? You know, what, 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 where do you think that, you know, what's the better saying? The train falls off the rails? Is that, is that an accurate? Uh... In terms of relationships yeah, with clients? Like, is there a way that you can see that coming? Yeah. Or is there a way that you can prevent that from happening? Are there indications about how to, you know, how to make it work and turn, mm -hmm. turn it in the opposite direction? Well, I'm a big believer in body language. <laughs> And so when I'm meeting with clients and I see that somebody is uncomfortable or they've gotten quiet or I tend to actually circle back to that person and say, like, I can see that you're maybe uncomfortable or maybe you're thinking something different or, you know, so, you know, feel free to share it. So I really try to give the client the opportunity to, you know, say what they're feeling. And I never really negate feelings and you know I, I everything's valid right and it's part of the conversation so um you know I think when people hold it in and they don't express themselves that's when you really get into trouble so I really try to avoid that yeah I think money is always a sort of a potential pitfall sure uh we work my office works really hard at uh following the budget, mm -hmm. um, making sure the client knows what's in front of them and the costs that are associated uh, with the project and, and the benchmarks that we take along the way. So I always think that staying in front of the budget issues, staying in front of the money issues, yeah. helping make sure that we stay on budget and, and that they can feel safe in the progress of the job is Key. Just a key yeah. to a successful project. And that's part of that trust conversation, too, because, you know, money is sensitive. And whether, you know, whether you have tons and tons and tons or a limited budget, everybody has their own, you know, way of dealing with it. And if you don't respect their money, then, you know, that's sort of a, a recipe for disaster. So I'm, I'm with you on that. And I try to establish that up front so that we all know what we're talking about, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of our big, big, big uh, conversation. It's a conversation that I continue to have throughout the project. And it's something that we like to show in statements and in forms mm -hmm. and in the way that we build mm -hmm. so that everybody understands exactly where they are. Mm -hmm. And it, boy, does it really help make a much better project. And sometimes it's an education and there are definitely some hard conversations to have, no but question. then you end up, you know, reassessing the situation if, if it's just too crazy. So I think the other kind of pitfalls that I look out for is establishing the broader or the larger or the bigger picture, right? If you're, if you're doing a large home or you're doing, you know, a two bedroom apartment, uh, the idea of interior design is that cohesion Mm. of the whole space and how the whole space works together flow. and flow and, you know, uh, harmony and all of that. And where some people, of course, because they've hired a professional for a reason, can only see uh, the chair or the cabinetry, um, trying to help them uh, get a better picture of what the whole project looks like, I think can be difficult. Now, of course, we have many, 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 many tools for that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's plans and there's elevations. There's three-dimensional elevations. Um, there's drawings. Uh, I'm a little old school that way. Um, there's sketch work. There's anything possible that we can to help them. But if you don't have an eye for almost a three-dimensional eye in your head, mm. I find that that can be tricky and I work really hard to make sure that everybody knows what's coming up in front of them and, and what the completion of the project is going to look like. Yeah, I mean, you have to. And uh, that's really true. The visualization process is so different for every client and so you need to employ different tools for different people. I have some people who, you know, see a mood board and are love it all and can, you know, get on board with whatever you choose. Oh, just so just literally on, samples Sure. On yeah, you know, to fab Lord. fabrics and <laughs> samples. Jealous. Well, you know, of course, like, I mean, 
we have talked about this before where, you know, really it starts with function first. That's primary for me on, on any project. You start core function. Core function of every space and really dialing into the client and asking them what they want to do at home as in activities. Like, do you read? Do Are you a movie watcher? Are you a music person? Do you like to cook? You know, all of these things that really make you feel at home and you're at your best at home. I want to be able to make sure that I'm creating a space for them that they can do all those things comfortably and easily and they're not having to shuffle things around in order to, you know, go play the piano one afternoon because there's mail all over it or whatnot. So that's the first set of questions is functional about them and how they want to live. You know, are you highly social? Are you a private person? You know, is this like a party house? Is this just for you and your your partner? You know, all those kind of things. Um, just getting into the sort of like the the, the feelings of, of home first and then we get into the aesthetics of it. So but then the, the mood board stuff and the swatches and all that kind of stuff or a sample, a, a look, that's sort of the next level for me. Uh, do you think that people uh, understand uh, the importance of sort of defining the home through their own personal eyes? Do you know what I mean? You know, I do cook a lot, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so that's important. You know, I have so many clients who don't cook mm-hmm. and the kitchen's the biggest, you know, room in the house sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know. So trying to always um, make sure that those priorities and those functions happen, I think, are really a way to a successful project. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's some clients get it and that some clients are surprised and I think happily surprised when you start talking about function because they start to think about things that maybe they haven't really considered. You know, we live in New York and it's like everybody thinks they come home, eat dinner, go to bed, you know, the end. But there's so much more you can do, even a tiny space. If that's what you're you know, faced with. <laughs> This has been terrific, and I've enjoyed talking to you so much, and we're going to do one more segment, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to Kate about some things like process and business relationships and all of that, and we'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Kate, we're having so much fun, and I'm so glad that you're here with me this this evening. You know, before we get to other questions, I, I was wondering, I, I love your company name, mm-hmm. um, Freestyle Restyle. So can you can you tell us a little bit how you came upon that and, and um, how you defined your business in such a manner? Sure. So I've been in business since 2004. Um, and at first I had a different business name. It was Studio K Interiors and it was, you know, traditional, not traditional interiors, but, you know, traditional services, A to Z, you know, whatever you needed, I could come in and do with a crew and that kind of thing. But what I started noticing is that there is a sort of middle niche, 
in New York in particular, and there's probably other cities as well, where, you know, maybe not everybody needs the full service. They have a lot of what they need already. Um, they just are maybe impl- using it incorrectly or it just needs to be freshened up. Or, or meaning know. that they like their apartment and they don't need to do construction like a new bathroom right. or a new kitchen, okay, yeah. which so is it's, more of what I do. Yeah, and it's yeah. more it's more decorative based. Um, I know, and of course, I can do the renovations if certain rooms require that kind of thing. But in the grand scheme of things, and generally speaking, it's more decorative and, and furnishings and decor. Um, and so, you know, it's really about getting in there and shuffling things around. So that freestyle aspect really kind of made sense to me. So Meaning taking in, existing furniture and making it work? Yeah, you know, maybe it's in the living room, but it needs to be in the bedroom, you know, it or, you know, vice, changing lighting around, all that kind of stuff. Like taking what you have, reusing it, it's it's redesign or maybe even a version of green design in, in some regards. As far as recycling. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like upcycling. But you add to it sure. too. Yeah, absolutely. Missing pieces, yeah. better lighting. Yeah, and there are a lot of cases in, um, in that sort of middle tier of client where um, you know, maybe they were like a young couple that just got married and they're moving in together and they're getting rid of their Ikea and graduating up to like the next level. Um, or maybe they just had a baby and they're creating a nursery. So that kind of thing, sort of life change kind of decor um, and, and shifting your apartment to meet your new needs. And so much of what we do is life changing. Yeah. You know, it's uh, divorce. Right. Right. Yeah. Always a yeah. Always a profitable situation. Um, sorry to say, everybody, but it's true. Um, babies are yeah. another one, of course, that, yeah. you know, you go from a studio to, you know, one bedroom or, or you know, you move to the better school district. All of that is. Yeah. Uh, Actually, one of my favorite clients is a woman who is a widow and her, you know, her she and her husband designed the apartment together and they loved it. And once he passed, she had a really hard time living there. And so I helped her redo it and she's happy she stayed and she loves it and it's all her and it's really like a very tender and I love her I see her on the regular so yeah it's one of those that's my heart you know bleeds for stuff like that so that's a great story mm-hmm. let's get back into it tell me um what catches your eye you know what, what is it about uh New York in particular <laughs> or maybe even in the country well, what stops you in your tracks or what teaches you a lesson or what do you put in your phone as something to remember? Yeah. Well, I am a major people watcher here in New York. There's always a people watcher. Yeah. I mean, I really love checking out what people are wearing because I think that it's sort of identify. it's, you know, I, I think interiors and fashion are part of the same, you know, part of your brain really. Um, and I love how people put themselves together and it's a little bit odd and funky in a lot of cases. And I always enjoy that. So I'm always keeping track of those kinds of things. But generally speaking, I would say the things that I'm mostly obsessed with are uh, textiles and wallpaper. (laughs) I love bold prints. I love color. I like anything that's like a little bit wild. And as I'm getting older, it's getting more eccentric and I'm just going to own that. make it work. (laughs) Um, So I, and I go down two avenues actually. So I have like the really bold, crazy stuff. And then I have this other side where I really like really deep saturated color. That's really layered and luxe feeling too, like monochromatic kind of things, textural. Um, but I, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at everything for inspiration, whether it's, you know, and it's, it's music, it's art. I mean, we live in the best city for that kind of thing and it's, it's everywhere. No question. yeah, Yeah. And do you think um, that's where your creative energy comes from? Oh, well, you know, I'm definitely inspired by the energy in the city, but I do need a break. Uh, And so I go to the country on the regular. So we're upstate New York neighbors. And uh, yes, yes. And I, I need that time to refresh and recharge and sort of recalibrate. Um, but in terms of like where the original energy comes, I really have to say that I think it's from my mother and the women in my family. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Why? Well, we're all designers. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So my mother is both my grandmothers, my aunt and my cousin. So you're, that's the mother-in-law that I was talking about in the first segment. (laughs) That's right. Yes. That's your mom. (laughs) Yeah, that's her. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it was always one of those things where there's always something going on in the house, some sort of creative project or reshuffling or, you know, yeah, right. Creative women in the house. 
Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. There's the Bloomberg, Bloomberg women. Do you Bloomsbury? know them? Bloomsbury. Yeah. yeah. The English artist. Yeah. Um, family. You guys are that. <laughs> We're probably a lot louder and less polite, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might have been too. What about, uh, like, so with all of that inspiration, right? And all of that creative energy, um, how do you start a project? Mm. I think that's such a crucial question for everybody out there who just doesn't really even know how to begin. How do you begin or how do you help your, you know, you, your client to begin the process with you? Well, going back to to the function part, that's that's primary. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times when I meet clients for the first time, I will ask them to show me their favorite items in their home, things that they definitely want to keep, um, you know, and making sure that, you know, that's something that's going to be in the game plan. Um, and then lately, I've been asking people to show me their clothing uh, so that I can talk to talk about color palette and texture and pattern and all that kind of stuff, because it makes the conversations a little bit easier if they're not necessarily so uh, educated or articulate about interior and style and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, like. I have a project right now where it started with the rugs, which is actually where you're traditionally supposed to start. That's what they teach us in school. Right, from the floor up. And sometimes it works out like that. And in this case, it did. And I'm so happy because it's a beautiful story. Um, in this case, uh, these this family have had these rugs. Um, they were a German family living in Austria and they had to flee um, before the war. They knew it was coming and their neighbor packed up all of their furniture and rugs and kept it for them. And they were returned to them after the war. Oh my God. So these are the rugs that we're working with now. And so wow. in that case, that's a beautiful start and where you're supposed to, but it really depends on every project, you know, maybe it's a desk, maybe it's a sofa. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the map for me because of the redesign aspect. That, my business. that story, which is amazing mm-hmm. and I think touches all of our hearts, reminded me of a, a story uh, with a client of mine in Greenwich. And um, we were at the beginning of the process. It was going to be a, a new build, uh, about a 20,000 square foot mansion. And the architect was at the meeting and the general contractor team was at the meeting. We were at the meeting and um, everything's going well and everybody's getting... Uh, on board and everybody signed up and the husband leaves uh, the meeting and is gone for a couple minutes and we're all getting ready to leave and he comes back and he hands me puts right into my hand a broken fragment of a piece of pattern tile and he said to me when we left Kuwait before you know at the war when Saddam Hussein um, invaded Kuwait. Uh, I grabbed this from my grandparents' house and I kept it with me. And I would like to give it to you and see if there was something that you could possibly do with it. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful story. Long project, couple years. Uh, had a lot of time to think about it. And we finally came upon using it in the family room and we stenciled the entire family room ceiling and a larger scale of this pattern tile mm. and in multicolors and aged it out. And it was a multi-beam ceiling. So there were sections, different sections of it. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I remember that the project, you know, we had done the installation and the family is coming home and, he didn't want to see it until it was all done. They were living elsewhere. And so it was sort of move-in day. And he walks into the foyer. Oh, it's beautiful. And the wife is so happy. And the kids are running around. And we, we finally get to the family room. And he looks into the family room. And then he looks up to the ceiling. And he bursts into tears. Oh, my goodness. Just crying. And his wife had to console him. And he was just overwhelmed with emotion and just thanked and, you know, was so grateful. And it's just a story that I just have never been able to forget. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful and means the world to me that, as you said, that we brought, uh, made a full circle, basically of his entire life, his heritage, um, 
his family, his new beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not new beginning, but new beginning in the house, and you know, continuity, uh, continuity, really, the past. just an incredibly yeah. um, beautiful story, and I was thrilled and happy to be a part of it. It's a perfect, beautiful story. So we have both have good ones. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. Those are the ones that like you hold on to. They keep you going. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. How do you? Let's get into some more nuts and bolts. How do you manage expectations? Uh, I am very clear. I'm a good communicator. I write a lot, <laughs> and I make sure that the client understands. Um, there are, you know, different levels of communication these days, but in writing is very important and any sort of clarification that gets muddled up in those emails phone calls are ideal you know and making sure that you're really having conversations and it's not just you know everyone passing by very quickly making assumptions and that kind of stuff I just think you know be clear from the front yeah I always double back and always try to uh, make sure that we cover our tracks as we go along Mm -hmm. and explain what's in front of us as much as you know as possible Mm -hmm. do you have any like consistent formulas that work for you or do you design each and every project differently oh gosh it's so funny that you even ask that because sometimes you know i'll get a call and go for a meeting and it's almost like i'm reinventing the wheel in my mind every single time and i'll have to remind myself you've done this before like this is like this time and then and I'll reach back into you know prior experiences and projects and stuff um but I do almost look at it as a new challenge every single time it's not really the same the people are different the environment is different you know what you're starting with is different um you eventually find what it is that you know gets you on your path and you know gets to the motors running and all that kind of stuff but in the beginning it is it still feels pretty new I try to keep a really open mind to, to all of it. So, and I think that you and I are similar because we design for our clients and we know a lot of famous interior designers who basically uh, have the same design throughout their career. Right. Uh, there it's, it's very easy to, to uh, identify and mm-hmm. to, to understand. And beautiful. And, but and beautiful. Be, you know, we're almost running out of time, but I do want to talk real quickly about do you do do you design for yourself differently than you design for clients? <laughs> Probably. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm married and so I have to, you know, I have another person in the mix. Um, and my personal aesthetic is probably different if I'm alone versus what our aesthetic is as a couple, but we do have overlaps. So that's what our look, our our home looks like is sort of a more industrial feel. And I think that I'm probably my worst client. I'm (laughs) I'm very difficult. Uh, I can drive my husband insane. There's a picture on, uh, Instagram, uh, that has 40 shades of white paint on one wall <laughs> as I do my analysis of uh, what yeah. our new house looked like 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I put that on Instagram for so that people can mock me. Yeah, and, I'm with you on that one. make fun of me. <laughs> so, uh, well, terrific. Hey, listen, um, it went so fast. Uh, can you stick with me? And we're going to take some audience questions. Do you mind helping me answer some of those? I'd love to. I mean, I think that would help me out a lot, and that would be great. Okay, great. So, terrific. Uh, we'll be back with Kate to answer some questions from the audience. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. 
Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com back and uh kate thanks for staying we're gonna answer uh try to answer (laughs) some questions that are coming in uh here's the first one how do i hire the right interior designer for me and my family well gosh that's like the core of everything isn't it right the show and and what we're talking about so go ahead what what are you what are your first thoughts in trying to advise somebody the best way Right. to hire the correct or the best interior designer for them? Well, I mean, obviously it's really kind of looking around and seeing what you like out there. If you have friends that have homes that you love, asking them about their experiences, you know, referrals, we we know those are the best. And those are good for us, too, because then there's some connection. 100%. Yeah. Um, but, you know, checking out the magazines, checking out the blogs, you know, seeing show houses, which yes. you're getting ready to oh, do in the right. fall. Yes, right? we are. October. Exciting. Yes. In Kingston. Everybody come upstate. And you have uh, you just showed me, but you have a custom wallpaper just for your your room at the show house. Yes, we do. It's being designed by Jason O'Malley and he's an illustrator and he's going to do something really special and I'm not going to. Can we put it on Instagram or do we have to wait? We're going to wait. Okay, we'll wait. <laughs> you have to wait. I'll try to, I'll try to refer back okay. to it. But anyway, I, I didn't want to mess up the question. But, uh, but yeah, those are the good ideas. I was thinking about that question just for a second while you were talking. And I think in my whole career, I'm having trouble remembering a job that wasn't a referral. Mm, that's nice. I, I just can't even comprehend. I'm like racking my brain as I'm sitting here trying to remember if there was ever, including, I have to say, um, a referral from an elevator man uh, in a beautiful old building on Sutton Place that he and I knew each other for years because I worked for a client in that building and we liked each other so much. And at some point, I don't remember when, but he was talking to another neighbor or, you know, another, an apartment owner. And he goes, Oh my God, I got the best interior designer for you. (laughs) And so sure enough, I got a a job, a whole project from the elevator man. Well, those guys see everything. So they know. They do. So that's a referral. (laughs) Yeah. But most of my referrals have always been clients. I've always worked for friends of clients, business associates of clients. I've always worked for family members. Um, and it always comes from that. So it would be hard pressed not to say that that would be a very important way. Ask, ask your friends, mm-hmm. ask your business associates, ask people in your building who are doing construction or doing work uh, for a reference. And right. I think that would be the best way to go about it. And then even after that point, making sure that you meet them and that you have chemistry. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah you you got to do that. Yeah do the face-to-face right as a word that doesn't that doesn't change either here's our next question am i wrong but i want the oh my goodness um am i wrong but i want the interior designer to do the work isn't that what i'm paying him or her for okay yes yes (laughs) (laughs) agreed agreed right um but boy that's a That's a big question. Maybe they're not having a great experience, (laughs) sounds like. Um, Yeah. Well, it sounds like maybe they haven't started yet. Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe they have. Yeah, it's a it's not totally clear. But yeah, I mean, I, I know that when I'm getting hired, I am being hired for 
you know, concept through completion, you know, all the execution too, um, not just the concept and, and ordering. I'm installing, I'm making sure that everything comes in right and it's placed correctly and, you know, that they're not having to deal with contractors and all that kind of stuff with the sort of day-to-day stuff. That's our job. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say yes. I'm thinking that I got this question last week uh, differently. The question uh, that was proposed to me was, well, now I'm even having trouble remembering it, but it's your house. So I think that you, you know, you have to be involved to a certain extent. Now, do I respect that you have an incredibly busy schedule? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I understand that you can't be a part of the minutiae of the process and the project as it goes through the year of uh, mm-hmm. construction, perhaps, mm-hmm. or the thousands of design decisions. Um, always happy to meet you at your office, run into a 15 minute, you know, mm-hmm. sit down to check in with each other, make sure that we're on the right path, make sure right. that things are going well. But the idea that, that, you know, you're going to step away and we're going to have a successful project on the other end of that seems a little difficult. Now, in the old days, um, and we'll get into this next time you come around, but the industry has changed tremendously from when I first started. But in the old days, we used to do second houses, third houses, um, you know, pied-a-terres, all of that. Where you weren't living in them every day, mm-hmm. and you kind of Not, went ahead with an idea yeah, or a yeah. concept, got that approval, got the budget, and then you went ahead and worked it. But a primary house, primary is different. Is, I don't see how you can get away from not engaging the interior designer unless they just really don't care about that stuff and they love everything you do and that's the end but that's very rare but that to me would seem like it would have to be after years and years of working for the people agreed anyway let's move on uh to the next question uh oh this is a good one as the client as the client what are my responsibilities to the project oh don't you wish everybody <laughs> asked that question <laughs> um well i guess to begin with it's really Asking for what it is that you want, you know, being clear about what it is you need. That's a good start. Um, I mean, I know you and I were talking about payment on time. That's another one. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> place to start. Yeah. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think honest assessment of, of uh, your opinion, you know, giving us honest uh, 100% uh, opinions are, are great, clear and accurate. That helps so much. Uh, to keep the project on track mm-hmm. and uh, to make sure that we're moving forward correctly. I think that really helps. Uh, quick decisions, um, nothing overly belabored or That's d- true. difficult. And, and if you're struggling to make a, a decision, I kind of want to jump in and, and help you. A lot of people are afraid to make decisions. Yes, that's true. Right. And so I think it's a big part of our job to help them make mm-hmm. those decisions mm-hmm. quickly. But you get in the weeds if there's more than three choices, right? So I think that we need to, as the interior designers, we're editing what we think are the best possible. um, I mean, they have no idea how many things we look at before we show it to them. Of course. Right. right, So So we're always doing the editing, Mm -hmm. just like a book editor, always bringing it up. So out of those three choices, there's a pretty good chance that one of them is going to be a good decision. Right. So I think quick decisions would be a really good thing. Paying That's on time. Um, and yeah, I would fully just, I, again, as in the opening, I think, you know, an, an honest client and a trusted designer mm. makes for really beautiful projects. And happy people on both happy, sides. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy people. Uh-huh. All right, we have one more. I think we have one more here. Uh, I love my best friend's interior designer. Nice. Mm -hmm. But we have completely different tastes and styles. Should I hire him? I think that depends if that designer is, uh, you know, has a range of styles themselves. I mean, if it's the if it's like us who kind of come in and tailor it to the client, then, yeah, no problem. If it's the type of designer that has a stamped look, then maybe not. Yeah, um, it's an interesting question because it goes back to our referral question, doesn't it, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, in other words, it sounds like you know this person, you know this interior designer, mm-hmm. 
or you, you know, certainly you probably do if your best friend's there and you've walked in or you've been a part of meetings, which happens all the time. Mm. So if you like him and he's doing a good job for her and managing her project successfully and she's excited about how her home looks, I think those are really important indicators. Oh, huge elements. Elements and, 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 and will prove successful for you. But the idea is the style concept that, you know, that that's a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we design for a uh, home and, uh, and so I think he might be able to do that as well. So we have a call and I guess we're going to take the question online. Ken. How are you? Good. Hi, David. Can you hear me? I can. Good. Thanks for calling. I to say I'm in- You're welcome. I'm enjoying the show. Terrific. And I have a question, and it may be basic, but um, what's the difference between an interior designer and a decorator? Uh, we answer that question a lot. Yeah. Um, it's a hard question to answer, but I'm going to give it my best and then Kate, jump in if you can. So interior designer, let's start with an interior decorator. A decorator is an, is an old term um, used basically, uh, we understand it today as perhaps someone who um, is a part-time job for or who uh, is in charge of things like refurbishing um, maybe providing uh, basics in the house. An interior designer gets into construction and into renovations and to uh, plotting out the whole project all the way down to the toilet paper on the toilet paper holder. So all that full breadth of responsibility. There's an education that goes with that. Mm-hmm. There's training. License, licensing. All of, all of those sorts of things. Uh, uh, trade affiliations. So that's probably the big difference between the two. Did I explain that well enough? I, I believe you did, and I wish that I had had this call a few years ago. <laughs> well, hopefully that's what the show's about. So we're all educating each other, and we're all understanding how to go forward. But thanks for the call. You were my first caller, and I appreciate it very much. All right. Have a good evening. Thanks so much. So, Kate, we're done. And that went really quick. Yeah. And I can't thank you enough. And it was absolutely so wonderful. Fun. And uh, we could have been talking all night long. So you're going to mm-hmm. have to come back and we're going to do it. Um, I thank you for that. And, Sam, I want to thank you again and everyone here at talkradio.nyc. My office, you know, I made the joke yesterday or last week that I can't go back to work if I don't thank my office. And I'm going to do that again this week. Um, I need to thank Schoolhouse Number Six. I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it without him. I wouldn't even want to try. Benjamin Keegan for my theme music. Thank you so much. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at home with DTI, and take a look at my website, David Theergartner Interiors. Dot com. That's I before E interiors.com. That's uh, and I want you to stay tuned to the Noreen Sumter show Beyond Potential Live Life Your Way. And until next week on the radio, remember the best designs for your life start at home. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're 
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 